Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. I'm Joey. Whoa. All right. All right. I don't think you clipped there, Andrew. Hey, so uh, Joey, where might people uh, know you from? I am a musician. I'm in the band's Downtown Boys and La Neve. Nice. Nice. Nice, but... Uh, and I do like Downtown Boys quite a bit, but that's not the reason we're having you on the podcast today, is it? That's true. I'm here today to talk about a campaign that a lot of bands have been a part of, including Downtown Boys, but we're only one little piece of it called No Music for Ice, where we're organizing musicians to take collective action against Amazon for their support of ICE and support deportations and ripping apart families. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to get my swearing out of the way right now, and I go ahead, and I'm going to say, uh, f*** guys. Yeah, f*** guys. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Andrew? Uh, I, that's not a statement I, I will argue against, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that ain't a word that's coming out of your mouth. Fair. Yeah, so um, we'll get to, to that in a, in a minute. That's going to be the, the bulk of the episode. Um, but first, we just kind of want to do our normal intro thing. And I just wanted to say to, to Andrew, what's new with you, buddy? Uh, let's see here. Well, what's new with me is I impulse bought a compressor pedal. Nice. That I'm actually pretty hyped on. Uh, mostly because it's orange, but secondarily, I admittedly honestly didn't think that it was going to be as good as I as it actually is the dod uh, at 280 is that what you're talking about yeah it was like 50 bucks i was up late and i had a couple of glasses of wine was overtired and i saw the ad for it i'm like screw it i don't do this enough for myself i need to treat yourself kind of moment you so need, I did. you needed a third compressor buddy if anybody needed a third <laughs> compressor it's you i needed a third compressor for my my mega board for sure um, <laughs> to be orange. fair one of my compressors isn't totally functional and this one's orange uh, no, so it's the DoD 280. Uh, I'm actually digging it a ton more than I thought I would, specifically for uh, um, distortion sounds, uh, yeah. distortion um, and like some lead. Because the way that it's playing through my rig is giving me a lot more overtone uh, in a, in a really delightful way. That it's very punk rock. Nice, nice. Yeah, I actually um, I ordered the seven pack. Awesome, and I can't wait to um, to steal those from you as you get, as you get bored of them. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so I'll do the demos and then I'll hand them to you and then we will I will list them on reverb.com and you will ship them out in a timely manner when they sell. That sounds like the most that I feel like that's what like fostering kittens would be like. <laughs> I mean, you can buy them off me too. I don't care. You give me a, a litter of kittens, I'd fall in love with every last seven one of Actually, them. Actually, and then I'd have to give them away yeah i did the math on that package and uh compared it to the lowest priced of each of those units on reverb.com and you saved about 30 bucks buying the seven pack versus reverb.com and you got everything new so so what you're saying is i'm getting them at your cost if i decide to buy them as opposed to everybody else yes i just want to sell them for cost i don't want to make money on it yay not like that Okay. I should be. Well, then I'll probably hold off on buying a couple of the other ones that I That's really smart. want to until I have more cash. Yeah. So, Joey, what's new with you? What's new with me? Uh, in gear world, my my car got broken into and my keyboard got oh, stolen before a tour last man. week. So that was. Oh no. That's my big gear update, which has never happened to me in uh, New York Special City. Special spot but, in hell for gear thieves, yeah. man. Seriously. Yeah, it happened to Downtown Boys t- twice in California, actually, on our last tour after being a band for a while. Never happening. But uh, 
Yeah, it was just, you know, I packed up just slightly for a tour that I had to leave very early Ugh. in the morning and just had a keyboard but covered up and woke up, window Man. smashed, keyboard out. But we still did it, you know. We had a duct tape window uh, driving up to Buffalo. Oofta. Just borrowed a keyboard. This time yeah. of year. We may do. Uh, yeah. I'll feel for you. I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, so that's my gear update. Oh, yeah. This time of year, <laughs> this part of the country. It's cold, man. It's super cold out there. I don't I don't envy you. I was just in New York City last week, and it was colder in Seattle than it was in Seattle. And it's, um, yeah, but it wasn't as rainy, so I had that also going for me. That's generally true, right? Seattle the, is... It's like doesn't get that Seattle's there, insulated, yeah. but if you really want snow, you can drive like two hours outside of the city, and there's ski slopes and all that kind of stuff. If that, usually like once you pass North Bend going uh, uh, east on the 90, I mean, that's, I mean, from downtown Seattle, that's about 20 to 30 minutes. I never go east on the 90. Actually, I, I really haven't been east on 90 since ever. Well, you should, because it's cool back there. Hashtag um, east side. I take the, the two, I go up to Stevens Pass, because that's where I would go, how I go to Leavenworth. I just committed street cred suicide by saying hashtag east, east side, by the way, uh, as far as the Seattle scene goes. Uh, sure. Well, that said, I don't plan on leaving this cozy, relatively mild winter except to go to California, so I'm a total wuss. But uh, yeah. sorry to hear that your keyboard got jacked, but glad to hear that you're able to get through it and uh, soldiering on. Yeah. 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 We did it. Got some, you know, pity uh, record sales on Bandcamp. Aww. And, uh, you know, we're getting, we're getting, uh, getting back up the window fixed. So, yeah. And it's now I got a new uh, keyboard, but. Yeah, it's all right. It's part of the part of the job, right? Sometimes we get robbed. Yeah, that's yeah. just the worst part of the job. One of them. Yeah, I mean, I hear it happens to everyone in San Francisco now. It's just like, yeah, with like, uh, with staggering wealth inequality in our urban areas comes, uh, comes like that. So, yep, yeah, that's true. Yeah, desperate times call for desperate measures on yeah. both ends of that equation. So, mm. yep. So not condoning it, but sympathetic <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I hope someone's I know, enjoying man. it or got some good money for it. Uh, or least. they were able yeah. to make the rent and take care of their family, whatever if, it is. Man, I don't know. Yeah. Like when Layla's a tuna tone, teeny tuna prototype got stolen, the guy who stole it sold it to a pawn shop for 20 bucks. I paid, okay, I think now one would pay 150 times more for that guitar than the pawn shop bought it for. That person didn't yeah, make anything. Yeah, pawn shop doesn't need that money. No. My my hope is there's a the one of the high C sharps on the keyboard is is stuck. It doesn't work and kind of messes up the whole keyboard if you hit it. So my <laughs> hope is they're they're you know gonna be on stage taking a solo and hit that key and it just ruins their whole set. <laughs> even that's, better. That's my revenge. Even better yeah. if they hit that key on accident in the first place. It's not even in the scale anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, exactly. it's what they deserve. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's gonna sound like shit. Cool. So, um, you told us that you have a new animal in your life. Yeah, I also do that. I also just moved in New York, and um, yeah, where I moved into, there's a, there's a lovely little cat named Boo who's Boo. fourteen. Very very vocal cat, Aww. which is cute. Aww. Vocal cats um, are so but yeah, cute. It, it's great when uh. You know, being a touring musician, it's, I think, often irresponsible to have your own pets. Um, so it's nice when you move into places and they have, a, you know, a cat that's that's already being taken care of and yeah. that you're not 
responsible for its life but can enjoy it it's like being it's, it's like, like being an uncle yeah exactly it's like being an aunt or an yeah, uncle exactly. <laughs> like you yeah, get to play with exactly. the kid and then you get to give it back when it starts screaming or yeah. when it's cypher's full or yeah yeah that too <laughs> yeah or it's a litter box yeah exactly yeah it's a little too close up um awesome that sounds adorable yeah that's really cute yeah it's a nice nice perk of a i mean moving and well moving in any city or anywhere sucks but yeah you can agree there's some nice perks sometimes mm -hmm. you know so i i had to fill a like a seven-year background check recently for a, a, a new job and they they wanted to know every single residence i've been at the last seven years i think i like i tallied it up and it was like 14 different addresses like almost every six months yeah that was that was me in my early 20s also like oh, okay so there was one year where i moved four times that year uh okay 14 is a little high i think it was like 10 or 11 though, yeah when it came down to no it. it was like i i was like i don't remember i don't remember if this was my address on mcdonald avenue or if that was my address on mcdonald avenue yeah, I definitely had to hit up an old roommate. Was it 385 uh, like, or 835? What, what was our right? I was like, what was our address? And I was only there for like four months. I just barely got mail there. Ironically, for the topic of this episode, the only reason I've ever been able to do one of those is I look at my Amazon history. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will all judge you here very shortly. Good. I deserve it. Well, why don't we uh why don't we hop into our uh sponsors? sponsors yes uh can i lead it off go for it but for i expect you to like sing some sort of catchy jingle hook to announce that it's time for sponsors well then you're going to be disappointed as um fender oh, that's my life. <laughs> fender i know i just i just know butted you um fender guitars is a sponsor of this week's podcast uh i recently Woo. demoed two of their pedals the um, oh my gosh, the reflecting pool, which is their um, reverb and their delay in a single box. Uh, I really like this pedal a lot. It's in stereo. I'm adding it to my board for my shows, my little fly rig for my shows this weekend because I'm not breaking my normal board. Um, it can get, it can do like the real normal stuff. It can do the real weird stuff. I just think it's it's a, I don't want to say surprisingly, but it's a very solid pedal. And uh, if I, I really implore the audience to check it out, especially like it has, I think nine different delay settings and well, three different delay types. And each one has three levels of fidelity. You can add a secondary delay with modulation to get those like warbly tape sounds. Um, and the reverb, there's nine different kinds. Well, there's a hall, a room, and each has three different sizes of hall in the room. And then there's three other reverbs like gated reverse uh, and a shimmer. And one other, uh, yeah. It's just it's it's shockingly versatile for not having a, any screens on it. So, props to Fender for that one. That's absolutely a winner. I like that pedal. I remember getting my first Fender pedal uh, and thinking, like, I didn't realize Fender made pedals. And in the course of that, realizing that Fenders actually had a, a relatively incredible history in mm -hmm. the pedal world. It, it's yeah. super cool. So props defender and uh yeah super psyched to have them sponsor yeah. the show no they're they're great and special shout out to martin lovely person yeah Aww. and uh who else is sponsoring this week andrew electronic audio experiments yeah. that, that's about as close as i get to sing song uh on, on the podcast but yeah no uh electronic audio experiments is run and uh by this 
delightful gentleman by the name of John Snyder. The absolute genius, John Snyder. He is an absolute genius and could not be more excited for him to be sponsoring the show. Mm-hmm. Really stand up guy and good gravy. Like the some of like just go check out some of their stuff. His, uh, his newest, is- yeah, his newest pedal is the Halberd. It's um, it's a medium to low stage overdrive, and it just unsurprisingly sounds fantastic. Check out our demo. And, and, from, and from one guy who plays a lot of worship music to those of you who play a lot of worship music, <laughs> do it. For the rest of you who don't play a lot of worship music, where you get that that really low gain kind of drive sound. You don't know what you're missing out on. Jump into it and go for it because it, oh, it's so tasty. I know so. you don't think that worship music is the only genre of music that uses that kind of overdrive sound. I know, but that's what my experience is. Thank you. And your experience isn't everybody's experience. You know, it's funny because the, the only non-church band I've ever been in was a metal band. So <laughs> I've, low game wasn't really our mantra. Yeah. I've never played at a church, nor have I ever belonged to one. Well. I'm not missing. All righty. I don't feel like I'm missing out. Ciao. Speak for yourself. I'm actually trying to get back into playing for a church again. Cool. So I'm excited for it. So why don't we, uh, why don't we hop into our topic? Yeah. And I, I think it's appropriate to have uh, none other than Joey to introduce us to what exactly is music for no ice. Music and for to... ice. <laughs> did I forget to say the no? You sure did. <laughs> That that's cold. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, bum bum chick. But uh, Joey, will would you like to explain to us? Tell us what it exactly is. No music for ice. How did it start? And where are you guys at now? And let's have a discussion about what that is, what that means, and uh, what it means to be uh, a musician and a leader in the the music industry. Yeah, yeah. So as I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware, there's a, a lot of evils that Amazon is involved in as a company um, from, you know, wielding undue influence over politics in Seattle, for, for instance, oh, um, to mistreating, <laughs> uh, uh, mistreating its warehouse workers. Um, and notably, over the last couple of years, come out the extent to which they've been responsible for providing uh, the technical backbone for ICE, uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement, so the people who are responsible for the, you know, big deportation um, and detaining machine in the United States right now um, that, of course, uh, Obama made extensive use of, um, but Trump is accelerating um, in his own horrific way. And Amazon all along is providing uh, web services for companies like uh, Palantir or these big data collection companies that feed information to ICE um, to let them track and find people who they then deport and um, commit other uh, human rights abuses um, against. And so essentially these big tech companies of which Amazon is the, is the largest and most responsible um, are helping ICE in its mission. And so there's been a lot of groups actually over the, the last couple of years who have been pointing this out and protesting Amazon over it. Um, so there's the No Tech for ICE uh, movement, which started uh, 2018, which was tech workers, including some workers at Amazon itself, um, who were standing up and saying, we don't want to be part of um, creating and implementing this technology that is fueling these human rights abuses. Um, and uh, also No Tech Price Movement um, with the organization called Mi Gente, um, who are also joining that, that movement of saying, you know, we don't want to be part of this and we're going to be protesting these companies who are part of this. 
Um, so Amazon's always been involved in the music industry. Of course, they're selling music from their earliest years, but recently they've been more and more kind of encroaching into the business. Um, so this year they kind of started really ramping up their Amazon exclusive features. They expanded their streaming services. And then the biggest kind of push came in October when they announced they were doing Intersect Festival, right. um, which was Amazon Web Services holding a festival um, first weekend in December. Um, all these big name artists, Casey Musgraves, Foo Fighters, um, Anderson Pack headlining mm -hmm. this thing, a bunch of other small artists. Um, so this is like unprecedented move into the music industry. So of course, knowing all this about ICE, knowing about how they mistreat workers, um, a bunch of musicians were immediately very pissed off that Amazon was doing this, that they were coming kind of into our uh, labor arena, right? right. Um, so a lot of people were just immediately angry on Twitter and that's that's good and serves one one purpose but then a lot of musicians are like okay we actually need to do something beyond that and to like organize some kind of collective response to this and so inspired by tech won't build it the tech workers movement and by Mijente's uh no tech for ice movement um a bunch of us began talking and a few days later launched no music for ice which was um as a collective movement of musicians saying we're not going to play Amazon sponsored mm -hmm. events or participate in Amazon exclusives um, until Amazon cuts its ties and its support for yeah, ICE. and that started with an open letter. Is, yeah. is that that's my understanding? Is that right? Yeah. So it started with a, a bunch of us speaking, getting this letter together, and then uh, getting um, what ended up being at this point over a thousand musicians signed on to this letter. Yeah. Um, within you know a week or two um to say they were also going to join this active boycott of ice so it's a pretty extraordinary thing yeah. to that quickly get artists united in that way um famously musicians aren't very well organized no. <laughs> and yeah so to have to have this kind of momentum and again a collective action rather than just kind of like individualistic um you know random boycotting um is a big thing yeah and, yeah. and really quickly uh if you're listening I'm going to drop a link so that you could sign that letter uh, if you're a musician. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. Um, so just open up your podcast app, uh, click to read more of the show notes, and uh, sign sign that letter. Do you mind if I just read the letter really quickly? Yeah, All please right. do. So uh, the letter says, It has recently come to light that Amazon Web Services, an Amazon subsidiary with known ties to ICE and law enforcement, is hosting a festival marked as an experience where, quote, Music, technology, and art converge, end quote. We, the undersigned artists, are outraged that Amazon continues to provide the technical backbone supporting ICE's human rights abuses. We pledge to not participate in Amazon-sponsored events or engage in uh, uh, partnerships with Amazon in the future until Amazon publicly commits to, one, terminate existing contracts with military, law enforcement, and government agencies, ICBP, ORR, that commit human rights abuses, Stop providing cloud services and tools to organizations uh, such as Palantir that uh, power the U.S. government's deportation machine. Three, end projects that encourage racial profiling and, dis and discrimination, such as Amazon's facial recognition product. And four, reject future engagements with aforementioned bad actors. We will not allow Amazon to exploit our creativity to promote its brand while it enables attacks on immigrants, communities of color, workers, and local economies, we call on all artists who believe in basic rights and human dignity to join us. 
it's short it's to the point and it's uh yeah it's great i think yeah no we want to make this very clear and it is it is pretty straightforward you know a lot of the music industry's kind of murky um wherever there's money there's some you know not great stuff going on but here's a pretty clear thing where it's like this is an extraordinarily uh evil company um and there's precedent for all these other organizations already taking this action and so this is uh, uh, an area where I think is a clear line where we as musicians can band together and collectively say, okay, we're going to be in solidarity with all of these other groups doing this action. And I think it's necessary for us to do that as workers, yeah. as like cultural workers right now to stand together because things are really bad and we need to be doing that. And that's where we, where we have traction in yeah. this industry. You know, it's not just making a political song right i mean that's important too like a song with political lyrics it's also like you can use your labor power mm-hmm. as a and it seems worker. to me like uh companies especially tech companies uh they tend to gosh almost in a very janice two-faced kind of way um they they use art and creativity to make themselves seem warmer more personable more uh, like the people and give them more even what they want. Uh, everybody listens to music. Everybody watches TV. Everybody consumes uh, creative endeavors. Where at the same time, and this isn't isn't specifically related to ICE, uh, the existence of Amazon in Seattle is hugely uh, contributive to this city becoming inhospitable to the creative uh, endeavors that have made people want to move here in the first place. Artists can't afford to live here anymore. They're moving out of the city. They're moving to Portland. They're moving to Boise. They're moving to other other places. And they're going to give their creative goods to those cities that um, do more right by them. And Amazon is such an, an, and not just even in terms of bringing in tech rent workers and raising the rent. Uh, in Seattle, they put so much money into into politics and uh, so Seattle recently had an election and like full disclosure, I own an Amazon Alexa. It's like the housewarming gift in Seattle. So I have one and Amazon obviously knows this. And I think it was like a day or two before ballots were due. I get just this random package to my door. It's a very nice insulated thermos. It just says, Alexa, order coffee. And you know, you know that that, that timing was Horrifying. not coincidental. <laughs> like, here's this thing that would cost you 30 bucks to buy in a store, like, the day before you're going to drive your ballot to the library or whatever. Like, that was intentional. And that I thought that was disgusting. So, so I'm going to jump in. I, so I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to be forthcoming that I admittedly have a little bit of bias and I tend to be at least a little bit more sympathetic to to try and understand where the tech companies are coming from, given uh, my current in, uh, employment in the in the city and what that looks like for me. So I, I fully admit that that's the place where I come from. However, I I will be coming at this from a place of I want to ask questions and I do want to understand a little bit more. Um, but the first question I want to jump in with is, uh, Joey, what do, what do you say to someone who says? Uh, shut up and play your music and keep your politics out of it. Your job is to entertain. Your job isn't to to be an agent of social change. I mean, it, it, it's it's an argument that this doesn't really mean anything. I think you can say that to a person in any 
position as a worker. And I think no matter what your position in the society is as a worker, you have space to act politically. And I think musicians as a whole need to kind of like understand our relationship to other types of workers. I mean, you hear that argument a lot in entertainment, right? With uh, for like sports figures, right? Like shut up and play the game. Musicians right. like shut up and do the thing. But you also hear, I think it's an extension of the argument of just like any worker who goes on strike, for instance. Like if a GM worker goes on strike, yeah. people say, you know, like shut up, go back to your job. If a teacher goes on strike, you say shut up. Uh, you know, go back and teach the kids, right? People don't like it. Uh, not people, but certain people don't like it when workers take collective people, action. Widely speaking. Yeah, um, when yeah. workers take collective action. Um, Which is astounding and doesn't make any sense, but is Yeah, the truth. and so, I don't, you know, you just need to push back against it and do it. And, you know, we, we I don't know, we get an enormous amount of, like, trolls, of course, with the No Music for Rice campaign saying right. things exactly like this. But I don't know, I'm coming from this from also being a labor organizer, like in the other side of my life. And so you're like used to these arguments and that's just what you have to push up against because no matter, again, no matter what industry or field you're in, it's, that's how you advocate for your own interests, like to just shut up, um, mm -hmm. especially if you're um, a person in a very precarious position is to say like, no, shut up, stop like advocating for your rights, stop advocating for yourself to get more resources, stop advocating for your own safety. And so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, fuck you, this is what I'm going to do because this is what's in my interest. Like mm -hmm. you're also doing, you're doing the same thing by telling me to shut up. That means like you're comfortable and want your resources. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting that like people are obviously going to say that when they feel like it's coming from a selfish place. Like, Oh, you just want more. You just want more, you know, paid time off, or you want more health care, or you want more family leave. And and with the the no music for ice, this is not a selfish endeavor at all. If anything, it, in my eyes, the artists who are boycotting Amazon, um, they're turning down substantial amounts of money. Yeah, I mean, I think if it were self interested, and I think musicians collectively organizing needs to grow because we need more resources like we don't have health care most of us you know the, uh, i forget the the organization that put together the report like average musician income is something like twenty thousand dollars um for like full-time working musicians so i think we also need to be doing that but yeah i mean certainly this action is sort of like in solidarity with the broader working class which includes immigrant workers um and of that same working class that that we're a part of so i think um thinking about it in a broader labor context that it is an action that is you know us advocating for our own class interests but of course is also in solidarity um, with other organizations that are pushing for this but then with immigrant communities and just working people generally all right the, the awesome answer I'm a huge fan of uh not being silent in the face of people telling you to be silent for their own selfish reasons. Uh, so, so uh, another question on the topic is, so Amazon um, supports ice through AWS, AWS, for those of you who don't know is um, Amazon web services. It's their cloud platform in which a lot of websites, apps, um, data, data storage and processing. A lot of that is uh, where that happens. Um, so uh, another example of this would be Microsoft's Azure cloud. Uh, for to use another company's product, but it, the idea is a lot of what 
current technology is moving to is on the cloud. And these are the companies that are providing the platform for that storage space, for that computing platform. They, they've got their giant server rooms um, or server facilities where all this data tech, uh, fit, physically lives on. And so my question to you is, uh, Amazon itself is providing the services through use of AWS as a platform. Is Amazon, one, is it providing any further services other than just allowing the U.S. government to be a customer passively? And two, is Amazon responsible for the content that's hosted on its platform that, and in a similar manner of the way that we've had this reckoning in, uh, in social media in terms of what social media companies to what level they should be held responsible for for what's held on their platforms and such as fake news yeah i think it's a complicated question um but i think they absolutely are responsible for this i think exactly how amazon is providing the support is a little murky and it's a lot of private information what we do know is they're very actively seeking out these contracts these government contracts with um, organizations like ICE, um, like the CIA, like Palantir, right? They're very actively lobbying and exerting influence over government in order to get these contracts um, with these parts of the U.S. government, which are very actively committing um, horrific crimes and human rights abuses. Um, so I think it's certainly a choice for them to be doing that and a, and a choice they're, they're very actively pursuing again. Um, so I think it's, it's absolutely fair to then say, don't do that, like to say to all these companies, um, don't do that. And of course, a lot of tech companies are responsible and all of them should be taken to task for this. Um, however, Amazon is by far the biggest player um, in this government contract Um web services game and so i think they're a natural um target and the, the people we should be targeting to kind of set a, a precedent um in the industry because of you know there has to be a line um you could easily you know come to historical um analogies over companies in the past that have lent technology to uh, horrific regimes that have committed um enormous crimes and I'm sure at the time people were saying things like, oh, well, we're just a company. We're just, you know, taking the money and doing what we do as a company. Um, and I just think that's a terrible argument, right? <laughs> if you have like a collective action of a collective network of people saying, uh, no, don't do this. Don't build the technology. You need to like socially embed how this technology and how your power and how your resources are used. Um, and that's what we're trying to do here. And it's not like it's on it's not like it's unheard of for um, companies to decide to, for instance, not host hateful websites on on their own servers. This is not uh, it's not unheard of to turn down money for for causes that are abhorrent. And it's also not uncommon for people to attempt to turn down money for uh, causes that are not abhorrent. They're just bigoted, such as not baking a cake for someone. I mean, pe people always find their, their ways for deciding that they don't want to provide services if they really feel like they don't want to provide services. And that's a sentiment that I, I, I tend to agree with. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're making billions of dollars off of these government contracts. So they're not it's not something they're going to do without an enormous fight. And we're trying to be part of that enormous fight to uh, make them do it. What other, out of curiosity, what other companies uh, under this initiative do you have on your radar as far as companies you see as participating in problematic behavior, just from your perspective? Um, I mean, I think this is very intentionally focused on Amazon. I think Amazon is enough of a beast to be the focus of a campaign. Um, 
but certainly you know like palantir for instance is is just the more you read about that company the more you're like holy this is really dark dystopian stuff you know i'm admittedly was, not yeah. super familiar with what palantir is could you tell me a little bit more about what they do yeah, so it's a Peter Thiel-founded company that's essentially just a, a big data company. Um, so they mine all over the world public and private data to form um, profiles, data profiles of people. So they're essentially just a giant surveillance company right, um, right, that, okay. that sells its data um, to the U.S. government. So it's kind of like a privatized NSA sort of operation. Um, right that and... doesn't necessarily have to follow the same regulations as the nsa or the fbi exactly so assuming it's a, that a, those a, organizations feel like following the regulations that are currently in place in the first place yeah uh, and and we know that they directly work with ice to feed them this information again it's it's murky exactly how the relationship functions but they're a giant data collection company feeding stuff to ice so you can put together how they're using that that information right that seems like a pretty clear connection yeah. uh all right so so for other companies who are not necessarily participating in this but happen to use Amazon Web Services, AWS, as the platform for which they host their website uh, or their data collection or whatever it is that they're doing to support the, the, the business end of their website, would you go as far as to say that you would also want to boycott other companies that are using AWS as their platform? I think that Amazon is such a beast it's it's a monopoly right it, it's very difficult to fight because it's a near monopoly in so many areas including uh is web retail um aws and in, in in some in some capacity and so it's very difficult and i think not super useful to just say okay we're all going to just fully boycott everything from amazon i think it's difficult to, to think about how you would even organize that at this point. And so it's for that reason that we, we've been very intentional with this campaign of saying, this is what we're not going to do as musicians. We're not going to play Amazon events. Um, we're not going to do Amazon exclusives. And recently we escalated this with a lot of artists pulling down uh, digital music and streaming from Amazon. Yeah, and so that's a little harder. It's I've like, been trying, I've yeah. been trying to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a it's yeah. a difficult thing. Um, I mean, I was able to successfully do it. It's essentially you put in a takedown request. Yeah. If there's musicians listening, just email your label or distributor and put in a takedown request. It can take a couple weeks to do. Yeah, uh, if you're on um, TuneCore, you have to reach out to them specifically if you only want to be removed for a single store. So I know that's a big one. I'm assuming DistroKid is a similar one. I'm assuming CDB yeah. is the same as well. Yeah, DistroKid, it's similar. I had the uh, Leneve recordings on DistroKid, so I just had to reach out to them directly um which you can do and so these are very targeted you know us withholding our labor in very targeted ways asking for certain demands from amazon which is how labor fights operate right if you're in gm right it's a classic example um you're not saying to everyone around the world like everyone boycott every gm car um, don't participate in this company whatsoever. You're saying, okay, we want a better labor contract and we're going to go on strike. Perhaps we're going to withhold our labor until we get our demands met. Right. And I think when you have near monopolies like GM or an Amazon, um, that's how it has to operate um, because you can't, like, again, like the government might 
we could lie to the government to break up Amazon, which we should do. Um, but as workers within Amazon's sphere, what I think we can do is withhold pieces of our labor to make demands mm -hmm. of them. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that's reasonable. Uh, uh, a point of clarification I'd like to make is you refer to M uh, AWS as a near monopoly. And my experience in the tech industry is that uh, Microsoft uh, Microsoft's Azure Cloud is um, a, a, a relatively equal competitor, if not um, edging, started beginning to edge out AWS, um, given mm -hmm. like, for instance, the recent JEDI contract that was awarded to uh, Microsoft. So the so a question but I have is- But it's still what one if, of the what, top like three players in the world, like. No, no, and I 100% agree with that. I just, the, the part of me wonders at what point do we start um, demanding that other companies move away to other cloud platforms because there are other viable solutions. Right. And so there's the part of me that's like, well, I, I, I'm hesitant to say, well, AWS is the only way that these companies mm -hmm. can do business. And I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. At the same time, there are pros and cons, and I'm not the one who's sitting in the driver's seat just looking at the business ball. And I saying, can't imagine being Netflix and be like, oh, we're going to change servers. That I don't, I don't know how long that process would take. Right, right. And I'm not necessarily saying Netflix, but for instance, Fender has all of Fender Play and all of their apps run off of AWS. Right. And and not that I have anything against Fender, quite Obviously the opposite, but just show. as a matter from, oh, absolutely. I have nothing but glowing things to say right. about Fender. But for the sake of discussing the ethics of the conversation, at what point do we say, well, hey, Fender, have you considered moving platforms as a motion of solidarity with a large chunk of the industry mm -hmm. that you operate in? With, uh, with a lot of your consumer base uh, being musicians uh, and whatnot. Yeah, so. no, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as, as you're explaining, right, you're saying Microsoft is, is the biggest other competitor, but they just got this giant Department of Defense contract, right? right? So it's like, do you want all this system? So, but I think cer certainly that, yeah, that's another tactic, you know, as, as this escalates and we've been escalating it again by like pulling down music. I think, yeah, absolutely, like shifting whatever pieces of the music industry that we have access to and can leverage power um within to yeah sh shift their stuff off of uh amazon web services that you know that, that's certainly another possible action another like point point where we can do mm -hmm. something yeah fair enough so has amazon been has amazon responded and or been responsive in any sort of active or one-time sense to this campaign no i mean i they're general response to any pressure put on them seems to be to ignore it and then to pour an enormous amount of money into killing it um so they've they've largely ignored us but we've nevertheless i believe had a very clear impact on their attempt to encroach further in the music industry um this campaign got press in every major music publication and then also in just general purpose newspapers uh, intersect fest got almost no coverage yeah. i i completely i Even, fully yeah. forgot it was happening until no music for ice yeah. posted about it i'm like oh hey <laughs> right exactly so how, how did it feel yeah. to see your name in uh, on rolling stone by the way yeah i mean it's great to get the campaign into rolling stone and seeing them pay attention to stuff like this and it, i think it speaks to the power of musicians doing this kind of collective action because it's pretty unprecedented right a similar group of us did an action two years ago against south by southwest and south by southwest had a, a clause in their artist contract saying they would work with ice 
um, to deport foreign artists if foreign artists like played unofficial South by Southwest shows. Um, And a big, a big group of artists immediately sent out a public letter and we got hundreds of people signed on to it and it got covered in just every major music publication. And we actually won very quickly. It's like within a week and a half. That's amazing. South by Southwest dropped this clause because these companies just are so used to musicians like thinking of ourselves as just these, you know, independent small businesses. So when you actually do stuff together, it really scares them and has a big impact and the press pays attention to it. And so, yeah, with Intersect, it was the press paid a lot of attention to our campaign paid. Intersect got no press other than some mentions in in local Las Vegas media where it was. And uh, even though a lot of artists didn't drop off the fest, um, which which we also weren't asking them to do, I think a lot of artists were under contract, had like signed on to the fest without knowing what it was. Um, But nevertheless, I didn't see any bands that I follow posting anything about the fest. It seemed pretty widely understood as just kind of a a tainted thing. And it in sense that that was very successful because amazon's intention with this was to cool themselves to build steam for their streaming brand to build steam for i'm sure what are their bigger plans for coming into the music business and i think we effectively um you know put a roadblock into that that's awesome right and it's it's interesting that you you bring that up in terms of the artists that were who who did end up playing the fest because for instance i was reading through the list of artists that did end up playing i believe japanese breakfast was one of them yeah. i was almost surprised to see that name there because they've got a history uh, especially in the gear world of being very vocally socially conscious um, the example that comes to mind is when they boycotted and wrote open letter to tc electronic for when they did the, the pussy melter the preset model this is called the pussy melter with yeah right they 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 did that preset called the pussy melter for one of their she got uh, so much like like troll right and that was that that was was rad and i i loved that they went out of their way to make that statement and then to see them on this i was like there's got to be something more to this and so that was one of my questions is what am i missing like like joey just said like they signed on this contract and they didn't know it was an Amazon thing. Like, I don't think that was, I don't think that was, that wasn't right, communicated. Right, right, I think it's dastardly. Yeah, that's, that's and it happens. Like, sometimes you don't, like, it, it, it wasn't called Amazon Music Festival. It was called Intersect Music Festival. Intersection sounds wonderful. It's such a great word that makes people feel, like, warm and fuzzy on the inside. You don't think it's, like, deportation. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we, we've pretty intentionally not been trying to focus on like shaming artists playing it. I think especially as our musicians, um, yeah, you get scammed with contracts on these things sometimes um, when you go into, you know, cause we hadn't announced this movement beforehand um, and going in, it's like the music industry sucks. It's very hard to make money. Sometimes these festivals are the only way you get money. And so I understand to some extent people going into it, not understanding what it was exactly or what the reaction and this movement was going to be. I think at this point we've established the picket line around this, right? We put this line in the sand and from here on out, I think I'm much more comfortable being like, if you sign up for something of this, I see you on an Amazon thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know yell at you <laughs> and we're gonna try to have a collective thing yeah. you know because you're scabbing at that yeah. point right you're scabbing this is a collective movement with lots of <clears throat> um, other groups participating in it and so i think at this point you're scabbing mm-hmm. um but yeah again i we very intentionally with all of our press stuff we're not 
yelling at these bands, playing it a lot of whom are our friends, our our coworkers. Right, right. And um, I think that's think incredibly hard, wise. One hundred percent. I think that's incredibly wise. That's a, a measured response, and I think speaks to uh, the maturity of what this movement is and what it stands for. Because I think that's one thing I see when when protests start to happen. One of the criticisms is like, oh, they're just they're just being all upset and angry, and it's not very well organized, or they don't really know what they're boycotting, or it's not. And I, I, what I've heard through this whole episode is this is a very well thought out, very well executed and very uh, intentional uh, movement. And I, I really appreciate the level at which I'm hearing that. I mean, that means a yeah. lot to me and I, I hope that means a lot to you as well. It's, it's unsurprising seeing the people who are involved at the top level of, of No Music for Ice. Right. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if and a lot of us doing yeah. it on a few campaigns now. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like you, it's a it's a great thing, and um, I really I'm glad that we all brought up the point about um, not necessarily blaming the artist quite yet for you know participating in intersect. I it is gen, gen, generally my understanding that not everybody or even most people didn't realize it was an Amazon event when they signed on. That that like you said, it's the music industry. Um, so I just, I mean, I had a couple questions, uh, just for people who want to get involved. Do you mind if I run, run through those real quickly? Yeah, please. So, um, is there, uh, is this a cause that a musician of any caliber can join? Like, are you only looking for people who are assigned to labels or can any DIY artist who's ever like self-released anything sign your letter? Yeah. We're looking for everyone to both sign and to take your music off of Amazon or one or the other of those things. Um, a lot of, you know, we, we have people who are on major labels signed on and we have people who have, yeah, released like one EP with DistroKid or on Bandcamp. So we, we need everyone, I think, collectively on this. And the more people signed up, the better. And you go to nomusicforice.com and you can see how to sign the letter and see some instructions about how to take uh, your music off of Amazon. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll post a link to that as well. Um, for those people who aren't necessarily musicians on their own, who uh, aren't being asked to put their music on Amazon. Um, so like for fans, for example, how do fans help the cause uh, without hurting artists who, who need the income from uh, these, these common digital sources or from Amazon or other places like that? Like how, how can fans, this is a silly question, how can fans help those artists or the cause itself? Yeah, there's so many ways um, you can boost, like just signal boost, share um, the No Music Fry stuff that a lot of artists are posting. Um, certainly don't buy music on Amazon, right? Buy stuff. I mean, you should just be doing this anyway. Buy stuff on Bandcamp or directly from labels. That's going to ensure more of the money goes directly to artists anyway. If you do really want to stream, use some of the other streaming services, which probably most of you are. Very few people actually use Amazon streaming. Um, so if you are an artist considering taking your music off Amazon streaming, it's like 1% of your streaming income probably yeah, right now. I, it's not actually going to hit you that hard. I saw that. They paid yeah. out more per stream, but uh, it's, it's way fewer streams. Yeah, nobody's using it. And then, yeah, I mean, support the artists who are taking part in this collective action. I think a lot of artists are still scared to take part in this because it is putting something on the line, um, right? The, the music industry is increasingly run by a few big players, right? Mm -hmm. By a few record companies, by like Spotify and by Amazon. And those of us sticking our necks out there, uh, it's a very real thing. Like you get 
shadow banned from certain things labels don't like maybe don't want to talk to you anymore because you're you're making too much noise um yeah the power brokers obviously just like in any industry uh don't like the union leaders don't like people doing this stuff so if you see artists taking a stand like support them yeah. buy their stuff go to their shows become fans like be part of um creating that this, this alternative sphere where we can build a, a separate zone of power to take on these kind of evil players in the industry yeah. hell yeah um and then my, my last question that i have um and this is sort of a, a what's next but um this is probably amazon's biggest season of the year so what are you all uh how are you all working to maintain momentum in this time where everyone's just convenience shopping on amazon and you know maybe they don't have warm fuzzies about amazon but like they feel that this is their option to get their gifts and, and stuff out to their loved ones yeah absolutely we're the the escalation of pulling music from amazon was very intentionally scheduled to start on black friday and continue through the holiday season um so it was very intentionally addressing this that people are going to be on there and like buying music and using amazon um, a lot so we're going to be keeping on pushing this you know intersect was was last weekend from when we're recording this um but this movement was not just about intersect right this is going to continue on and we're going to keep fighting amazon um inside of the music industry um so nothing next step to announce right now um mm -hmm. and but we will definitely have more coming out and more escalations coming out and getting more artists to sign on and this is going to um, continue to build and move and like workers uh, across the country right now um, I think it's really exciting to see musicians continue to build this kind of collective action like the pulling of streaming services as the first time that's ever happened that musicians have collectively pulled music from a streaming service as far as I can understand it's probably the first time musicians have in some way uh, collectively withheld labor or product of their labor from the music industry since uh the american federation musician strike mm. in 1942 so it's very Lord. obviously smaller it's smaller <laughs> than that i might be wrong but from what i can tell i think it is and so it's obviously a smaller scale than that at the moment but i think it's it's really exciting yeah. to see musicians taking these steps to understanding we have power when we're united yeah i mean i can't really think of anything comparable at the scale i mean i i know i've seen like not playing music in South Africa or Israel or other places that have, you know, human yeah. rights violations, but to take something on like this in the United States is, is fairly unprecedented. Um, one more question that kind of ties into that, uh, since there wasn't really a, a strong, uh, like immediate, like, I don't say strong, immediate answer to what's next. Uh, where should people go to, to keep in the loop with no music for ice? Yeah. So there's a, a Twitter account, no music for ice.com that, tweets out all of the announcements and statements and the organization we've been working with to help us do a lot of the technical on this called fight for the future um, is also putting out a lot of this and you can also go to no music for ice.com and again if you're a musician sign up and you'll be getting updates about upcoming actions asking you to sign on to things and be part of this so uh yeah any of those sources yeah. we'll be keep on putting out putting out new stuff oh i just saw lisa prank on there lovely <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll see a lot of the participating artists like oh, lisa uh, retweeted into it so you can kind of see who's uh, who's participating and yeah. uh yeah it's good i see yeah i'm, I'm opening my, my band's opening for them on on tuesday we're really excited about it
Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, great. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. You guys made sure to host your website not on an, on AWS, right? As far as I know, I didn't make the uh, website, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think AWS is the first place you go to host a single page website. Oh, I, I just like to, I, I was just being funny, okay? I just like to be a joke. We're on Bluehost, if you're wondering. <laughs> That's not AWS. Cool beans. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to say um, while we still have you on the line? Um, I think that's most of it. Yeah, thanks for uh, boosting this. That's how this is getting out there, and how it's uh, you know making this making Amazon a line not to cross is by people putting it out there. So yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for for having me on to talk about it. Yeah, anytime. Well, thank you for being on the show, yeah. and thank you for putting up with my pestering questions as I, I started <laughs> to push some some buttons. Andrew, I'm very proud of you. I'm really proud of you for not saying the words uh, to play devil's advocate for the minute. <laughs> Very proud of you. I, I managed not to say I that is one of my resolutions for the second year of the podcast is oh really well words. is it because I always say white man when you do that uh you know it's while we, while we're on the subject I um where do you, uh, a joke that I saw today coming from Aaron Abubo that I think we'll all appreciate is uh where do mansplainers get their water from a well actually yep <laughs> well, I haven't heard that one yet. That's good. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, for everyone listening, um, please rate review on iTunes. Unless you really hate us, then please uh, just delete this and never listen to it again. Uh, we have, um, or or just write passive aggressive uh, uh, five star reviews that still call for me to be removed, anyways. <laughs> that was four stars. <laughs> I think that one was. Uh, I think you did make me lose a star on that one, Andrew. Um, we have merch at uh, getoffsetpodcast.com. Um, if you go to our website and you want to support the show by buying uh, through reverb.com, uh, go up to uh, the, the, the header. It'll say shop and support. You can shop through reverb.com from there. Uh, and we get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, support us. We can support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. For $25 a month, I will write you a song uh, on month two. <laughs> and oh. it's not going to be a long song nor a great one. Uh, no promises for quality. Um, yeah, for everything else, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, I've been Emily. I am Andrew. I'm Joey. Goodbye. Right. One, two, Bye. three. Bye.